1: All right, let's uh, now have a look at uh, what's going on with these uh, bank earnings. And uh, we're joined now uh, by uh, Shanali Basak, Bloomberg Wall Street reporter. Shanali, thank you so much for joining us. Let's have a look at uh, J.P. Morgan to begin with. I mean, you know, we had Jamie Dimon, the CEO, warning of a hurricane possibly confronting the Federal Reserve. But he seemed very, very sanguine uh, when uh, talking about the numbers in the U.S. economy.
2: Yeah, I I mean, he does highlight there are a lot of risks ahead. However, when he's talking about the U.S. economy itself, one bright spot that they had was with the U.S. consumer. And the point that they're making, him and his chief financial officer, is that consumers are still spending. They're spending on discretionary and non-discretionary items. And so there is not a complete cause for alarm with the data we're seeing now. However, some of the economic issues that are in the future might be pulled forward, and there are myriad of issues here, and he's outlined many of them before.
3: Yeah, I didn't hear the whole uh, call, and so I'll defer to you on this, but it, it seems like he's pointing a little bit more of a finger at the, at the war in Ukraine and perhaps supply chain issues and the Fed uh, removing some liquidity, uh, the, the unknown effects of QT, and that he's blaming that more than the consumer Uh, Is that right? And what does he actually think about inflation?
2: Yeah, that's right, especially because the job market is still strong in the United States and jobs are plentiful and available. And so this does come down to, yes, the war in Ukraine, rising inflation, rising interest rates. And to the point that you're making about quantitative tightening, it's something that a lot of uh, uh, banks around the world really don't understand the ramifications of what will happen is market conditions tighten, especially because this time around, in the wake of 2008, the banks don't make markets like they used to. They have a lot of constraints, and it, including the most recent period, the Fed is really um, tightening, its, tightening its grip. You know, you do see the banks, particularly JP Morgan, being uh, subject to potentially higher capital requirements, which is why they suspended buybacks for now until they could build more capital but that means that they might have a tighter outlook ahead for underwriting and, and really extending credit to customers that might be in a tough space.
1: Well, you know, and not only that, they're being fined too for this failure, uh, for failing to monitor employees using unauthorized messaging apps here as well. We're talking about Morgan Stanley, which also had these numbers as well as JP Morgan here. So that's a billion dollars for the five big banks here as well. Okay, in the grand scheme of things, it's uh, not that much. But again, it talks about the regulatory environment, does it not, Shanali?
2: It does. And remember, there's not uh, necessarily a, a sense ahead yet on how much tighter the Fed might get in terms of its supervisory powers. But there is an expect- expectation that that will become a, a tighter under the rest of the Biden administration. And so should that be the case, you know, what are they really subject to at the end of the day? Uh, there's also a lot of uh, measures the that both Fed and the SEC are looking at to really kind of tighten the rules and the disclosures around how the banks uh, take on clients in the wake of Archegos. So you're right. Yes, they are definitely seeing higher fines that did impact Morgan Stanley this time around. Yes, it's a one time charge, but these banks might face a, a more stringent regulatory regime ahead in the near term after what was many years of a rollback.
3: It is interesting that J.P. Morgan seems to be a little more conservative at the moment than some of the other banks. I mean, maybe that's not that unusual uh, because they're such a big bank and, uh, you know, they have so much exposure out there. But uh, they set aside quite a bit for bad loans, $428 million, And they had just cleared in the numbers from the previous um, comparison period uh, some $3 billion uh, of, of uh, set-aside um, money that um, that was cleared because of getting through the pandemic. So it's kind of moving money around in one sense. Uh, uh, you know, in you're looking at it, what, what's the essential message from the bank?
2: Yeah, it, it means that they are getting cautious. And if you look at Bloomberg estimates, analysts do expect those provisions to rise every quarter for the next several quarters, which means that analysts are expecting that look to get worse, not better, when it comes to putting money away for potentially bad loans. Jamie Dimon, a couple of weeks ago, guided that charge offs, so some of those loans actually turning bad, not just the provisioning, to start rising into the billions of dollars for, for a year. So there is an expectation that things start to deteriorate, but he does make the point that charge offs are still going to be less than 2%, that they're historically low, and even when things get bad, if they get bad, they may not be catastrophic. And I will say Morgan Stanley said the same thing. He's not expecting, a, uh, James Gorman said he's not expecting a deeper drastic recession, but he is uh, certainly expecting one and things might be worse in Europe.
3: Yep. Okay. Very interesting. Shanali, thank you very much for joining us. Shanali Basak, a Bloomberg Wall Street reporter, looking at, at Morgan Stanley and J.P. Morgan, the bank's earnings.
0: The countdown has begun from May 14th to 16th,